0: Romans chapter four. So if you want to turn there in your Bible, we were in chapter four last week. We started at verse number one and we read the first fourteen verses, but I only made it down to verse number twelve. So we're kind of we're gonna read from verse twelve on down and then we'll we're gonna kinda of skim through. We're not gonna spend a, a lot of time in it. I hope to be able to finish this chapter tonight. When you think about we spent two or three weeks on one verse, it seems and crazy to finish this many verses in a night, but nonetheless, Romans chapter 4, verse number 12, the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only that which is of the law, but that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about an hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Anybody believe that? Therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. It was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Father, thank you so much for this letter, God, that you sent to us, that that you've preserved for more than 2,000 years to hand to us, God, a letter written by your own hand, by your own spirit, God. I pray you'd take it tonight and, and move in our hearts, God. I pray that you would encourage us and strengthen us, God, and build us up. And, God, help us to be rejuvenated in our, Lord, in our praise and thanksgiving to you and our appreciation of what you've done for us, God. Help us to see The price that you paid, the fullness of it, and the benefit that we have, God. Lord, I pray you forgive us where we failed you. Will you start with me, God? Cleanse anything that would hinder you from making me a usable vessel now, God. I pray that you would speak what you want spoken. Help me, God, to be pleasing to you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So one one of the things that Paul clearly points out here is that the law and the promise is to completely different things the law and the promise do not work together that they, they're both given by God the law was given by God the promise is given by God but they do not work together to complete our salvation verse number 13 he says the promise that should be the, that that he should be there of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law that's very important that you understand it was not given to Abraham or to us to see those that would follow it was not given through the law but through the righteousness of faith. the law cannot save you nor can the law help you get saved the law plays plays no part in salvation the law points out sin it is the promise that cleanses sin. The law points out Failure. It is the promise that forgives our failure. The law condemns, but the promise redeems. Verse number fourteen. He says, "If they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is made of none effect. If the Jew could have inherited the promises of God by keeping the Mosaic law, then the promise of God is useless." If the Jew could have kept the commandments, not just the Ten Commandments, the law, the, the, the Levitical law, 613 laws, if the Jew could have kept the law, then the promise of God would be useless. If mankind, any one of us, any one of us, from all the history of the world, if any one man could earn God's favor, if anyone could do it, then everyone could do it, right? Right? I can't see y'all with a mask on, so you're going to have to be vocal or at least shake your head. I can see that. If anyone could do it, then everyone could do it, right? That would mean that it was possible that, that everyone could. So if anyone could earn God's favor, if anyone could, could earn God's grace, if anyone could, could earn God's mercy or, or God's forgiveness, if any man could earn those things, then the promise of God would be without effect. Because if one could, then all could. But because none can, the promise is the only thing we have. The law cannot get anyone saved. All it can do is point out our mistakes. All the law can do is point out our shortcomings, point out our failures. It points out the lost condition of mankind. It simply points out how far we have strayed away from the goodness of God, since the sin that took place there in the garden. Verse number 15, because the law worketh wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Law is a rule of conduct. Law is a a set of standards. If a law is not given and well posted, One of the things that I learned in in college, and you'd be amazed that I remember something from so many years ago, but I must have been paying attention one day in my criminal justice class. But on that one day, one of the things that I learned if you are caught committing a crime in the United States of any kind, doesn't matter what it is, and at the prosecution, your defense is, I didn't know it was a law. There is a law written in the books at the top that says ignorance of the law is no excuse in the United States of America. For the laws are well published and well posted. That means that just because you didn't know it was a law does not release you from the law. It is the law. It is written. It is published. It is posted. So is true with the word of God. There is a law, and it is well written, and it is well published. The law simply states what can be done and what can't be done within a given set of rules. There, there's, nothing, there's nothing without the law that would condemn bad behavior. So the law sets a, a standard. It, it makes a code of conduct, if you will. And as I said, the Jews had 613 laws to point out good behavior, bad behavior, to to show them how far away they were from God. Now, because it clearly points out the many failures that mankind has, there is no way that any of them, nor us, could have had any hope of escaping a guilty charge. Amen. That's good preaching. That's absolutely right. That's the same way I interpreted the book. There would be absolutely, if it were not for grace and mercy, because we have the law pointing out all of our sins and our failure, there is no way that we could escape judgment. Human nature. Human nature. Mankind is prone to sin. When I got saved... I I clearly became a new creature. I know in me what I felt. I know in me what changed. I know in me the things in my heart, my desires changed. But all of my old nature didn't exactly vanish. A lot of it didn't go away overnight. Some of the things took me a while to overcome. With the help of the Holy Spirit and the guidance and guilt and conviction... Some of the things took a while to overcome. But I've been saved a pretty long time now. And and I still haven't got it all out of my system. Any, anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, man, I mean, there's some people in here I can ask questions. See, I just have to count on Joseph to raise his hand. And he ain't even up there tonight. I don't know where y'all come and he disappears. I don't even have a cameraman tonight. but But that... There, there are natures, failures, faults within us in, in human nature that is hard to overcome. And because we're prone to sin and all the law does is points out sin, there was no way that we could have ever been justified by the law. All the law can do is assure us that there is a wrath of God and that that wrath of God will be carried out, and it is through the condemnation of the law. Therefore, works cannot save. Religion cannot save. You can walk in a church every time the doors open. You can work in a Awana. You can work in the nursery. And by all means, anybody that's dedicated to work in the nursery ought to get a free pass to heaven. But it just don't work that way. You you can do all you want in the name of religion, but religion cannot save. Salvation is by faith and faith alone. And that is what Paul hammers home throughout this fourth chapter. He says in verse number 16, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. It is faith that brings us into the favor of God. It is faith that that brings us into God's plan of salvation. Since we are incapable of keeping the law, since we are prone to sin by nature, and since there are no amount of works that, that can save us, there's no amount of religion that can save us, then there must be another way. If the law says you're separated from God by these laws, and you can't keep the law, and there's no way to be saved by the law, then there has to be Another way. Therefore, it is faith that it might be by grace. Paul goes on to say, To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Faith is simply this it it is you and I, it's you and I reaching up to take hold of an unseen, nail scarred hand. Believing that at the moment you reach up to take that hand, that hand will reach down and take yours. Faith is simply reaching out for something that you can't see, believing that it's there. Hebrews 11, 1, it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you and I reached up, We could not see the hand that we reached for, but once we reached up with the hand, we felt the Spirit move in the heart. We may not have seen it, but once we reached up, once we said, I surrender, once we reached up for that hand of grace and mercy, there was a spirit moved within our heart. So that from that day forward, we, we felt what was in. The day that, that I reached up sitting in that church, the day that I've said I've run as long as I can run, I've taken it as long as I can take it, I've tried hiding as long as I can try hiding. Lord, today I need to be saved. I'm not going to run anymore. On the day that I reached up, just like you, everything changed. I went home that day feeling different. A lot of times I would prayed before growing up in church. I just was only sorry for what I'd done. I didn't have any doubt that I wouldn't do the same thing a week later. That was the first time that everything in me just wanted to stop running. And all I'm telling you, when by faith, when you reach up, and I believe that every one of us in here tonight has the same experience, I pray that you do as well. When we reached up to take an unseen, nail-scarred hand, it reached down took our hand, but the Spirit moved in. And everything changed. Praise God, anybody happy about it? Faith, Faith is why we reached up. But but since that day, we have this calm assurance that we know He is in us because the Holy Spirit now indwells us. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. You don't have to wonder whether or not something you're doing is right or wrong. You know it. Not because you read the book, not because you read the law. You start to do anything that's wrong. You think about pulling something up on your phone that's wrong. You think about saying something about somebody that's wrong. There's a Holy Spirit within you that's like, mm-mm-mm. mm mm Mm, mm." And you say it anyway, he's like, mm-mm-mm. That is dismissing the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you this ain't part of the message. But if you dismiss his instructions, the next time it'll be a little easier for you to dismiss his instructions. And the next time, and before you know it, you'll find yourself dismissing big instructions. Because you started out going ahead and saying something about somebody that you know you shouldn't have said. And the Holy Spirit inside was telling you not to say it. You did it anyway. That's saying no to the Holy Spirit. And the more times you do it, the easier it gets. Until eventually, one day something big comes along. And the Holy Spirit says, now you know you don't need to do that one. But you find yourself turning your back. We know that we're children of God because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. It's the Holy Spirit that guides us. I I was thinking about that old song. Y'all know he lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me. Long life's narrow ways. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. But but it's, it's that next line. You ask me how, I know he lives. He lives within my heart. I don't have to wonder, is he resurrected from the dead? I don't have to wonder, is the story true? I don't have to wonder about the accuracy of the Word of God because he lives within my heart. I was there the day. Anybody got a game-changing day in your life? Anybody got a day when all things truly passed away? That is how I know that he's real. That's how I know that he's there because he lives with inside of me. There is nothing uncertain about faith. Paul says faith makes us sure. Verse number 17. Paul reaches back into the book of Genesis. He says, as it is written... I've made the a, a father of many nations before whom he believed even God who quickeneth the dead, and calling those things which be not, as though they were. Listen, when God's talking about the future, the reason He's talking about it as though it's already happened is because for Him it already has. God can see the future; you already knows there. We're not going to be seated in heavenly places. Everybody knows that. You you don't have a home in heaven. You're already in heaven. God says we are seated. In God's eyes, you're already there. Washed in the blood, redeemed, we are already there. He, he calls things that which be or, or not as though they were who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. What, what we see in Abraham is faith. Just like Paul said back in verse number three, for what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him For righteousness. James says the same thing. Chapter 2, verse 23. The scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God. And it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You and I are just like Abraham. Abraham believed God. He was made righteous. When you and I put our trust in God. Put our trust in Christ. Believe in God. We are made righteous righteousness. So now, just like Abraham, we are the friend of God. Anybody excited about that? I don't have a better friend than Jesus. I don't have one that cares more about me than Jesus. That one out there cares about as much for me as my mama probably did, more than any of the rest of you would add it up. But she can't touch the way Jesus cares for me. Uh, we, we don't have a better friend than the Son of the living God. Faith simply takes hold of the promise, and it believes what cannot be seen. You know, one of the hardest things in witnessing to try to get an unbeliever to to grasp a hold of is to try to reach out and take something that they can't see. Because not only can they not see it, but they cannot feel it. Y'all ready? This is going to be a freebie right here. They cannot feel it except they be drawn by the Holy Spirit. You, you hear me say when I preach, if there's anything calling you, there's anything convicting you, there's anything stepping on your toes, there's anything patting you, swatting you on the backside, there, there's anything convicting you, that's not me. I, I, don't, I don't have the ability to do any of that. When we lead somebody to the Lord, that's not us. We don't have the ability to get them saved. All we're simply doing is telling them the story. All we're doing is telling the truth. And I can tell you, there are some people you, and you know as well as I do, and you start talking to them, you pretty much know I'm going to talk for a few minutes. Hopefully I'll put a little water on a seed, but this one ain't getting saved today. You can tell they're, they're cold as ice water. There's no drawing of the Holy Spirit right there. So accept that he it that be felt. Faith, faith takes hold of the promise. And when you're dealing with an unbeliever, they not only can't see the hand, but just like you and I, we couldn't feel anything. Until all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to draw us. Whatever your salvation story is, mine happened to have been in a church on a Sunday morning, but whatever your salvation story is, there was something that brought you to that point. There was a moment, I I can almost guarantee, there was something in your life that almost kept you from getting to that point that day. If it was at a church, the devil put many roadblocks to keep you from going to church that day. There's many things that got in the way that tried to prevent that day, because the devil didn't want you to get to that appointed time. But whatever that time was, however many days or weeks or months or years people have been witnessing to you talking to you there came the time when you got saved there was a holy spirit drawing you you begin to feel something it is that drawing that people either turn away from and will be condemned or or as god's children we we turn to and took a hold of it the bible says that abraham believed god abraham's an old man he's nearly 100 years old he's past the point of having children Sarah, I've got to think of a better way to say this. Sarah was an elder woman. It's okay to call an old man an old man. I've got to be careful around women. She was an elder woman. She is past the age of, of childbearing. But God said, I'm going to give you all a son. And from that sun will be a seed, and I'm going to give you children as the stars of the heaven, as the sands of the seashores, innumerable from the sun that I'm going to give the two of you. Abraham looks at the stars. And he thinks about the sands of the seashores, innumerable. And he thinks about the omnipotent God that created it all from nothing. There was nothing, and God spoke, and it was there. That the stars were in space. The earth was in place. He spoke all the things. And, and Abraham thought about the omnipotence of the one who was making the promise. And he said, if God can make all of this from nothing, then he can take care of my little old promise. If God can do all of this from nothing, then he can certainly take care of my need. He can handle my situation. He can get me through my storm. He can get me past my problem. If God can do all of this at the sound of his voice, he certainly can take care of a promise that he made to me. Verse number 18 says, Who against hope believed in hope? Can can I tell you, Abraham's case was hopeless. I've gotten several texts from Sunday morning. Thank you for the text. But what I learned is many people right now are facing what seems to be some hopeless situations. I got a lot of text from people that gained a lot of strength from Sunday's message that that God ain't give up on you just because you're in a pit or just because you're being sold to a band of media or just because you've been accused by a lie just because you've been cast into prison just just because things aren't going your way right now doesn't mean that god has forsaken you or that god has forgotten you you're just not at a destination yet you you're just along the way that it's just all part of the puzzle abraham's case is hopeless anybody ever felt like his situation was hopeless Anybody ever looked at your way, your life, your situation said, there is no way out. That, that's where Abraham is. His case, from a human perspective, it, it is absolutely hopeless. There is no way that he and Sarah are ever going to have a child. But what Abraham said is, God,, who, who, God who made the promise. Is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or think. Therefore, if God made the promise, then it is now God's problem to take care of, and I'm just going to trust God. Abraham had two positions to consider, as we do. You, you got to balance things out sometimes, you got to put things in the scale, you got to weigh things in the balance. He had to weigh the human impossibility of Sarah having a child (laughs) against the divine impossibility of God telling a lie. Anybody get that? That's the two options. That's the things that you got a way out. Again, he, he knew that since God could not tell a lie then the promise had to be certain. So whether it made sense or not, I better get started building me a nursery, and I better paint it in blues, because I got a baby boy on the way. I don't know exactly when. I don't know exactly how. All I know is me and Sarah in old age is fixing to put a baby boy on this earth, and I'm going to have children as the stars of the sky and as the sands of the seashore innumerable, because God said it. It's just faith. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Being being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Abraham believed that if God said it, he was able to do it. Faith is simply taking God at his word, And let God be God in every situation of your life. Anybody in here need that tonight or is that for somebody out there? Faith faith is simply taking God at his word and letting God be God in every situation of your life. No no matter what it is, sometimes it's not going to get fixed. Sometimes God's just waiting on us. We, we get all in God's way so many times. Anybody ever try fixing your own problems all the time? Type, type A personality, do it yourself, fix it, got to fix everything, got to make everything. We stay all in God's way. And we stay in the prison cells and in the valleys and in the dumps so many times because God's just waiting. Boy, if you get out of the way, when, when you realize you can't, I will. Sometimes God's just got to leave us there until we decide to let God be God. And when we decide to hand it to God and let God be God, God can and will take care of things in his own time. Therefore, verse number 22, that's that word that means because of that, <coughs> because Abraham believed and going to let God be God, but because he believed and he has no doubt, it was imputed unto him for righteousness. But then verse number 23 and that's why I am going to try to finish up chapter 4 tonight and, and end with chapter 4 and not move on into chapter 5 because it doesn't end with Abraham. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed unto him. But for who? But for us also. To whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. The Holy Spirit is using the hand of Paul to write a letter to the church at Rome. And it's like the Holy Spirit says, time out. This isn't just for the church at Rome. Faith Baptist 2020, COVID-19 is going to come along pay attention. This is for us. Don't get misdirected. This letter is being written to the church at Rome, but this letter is for the church. He says it doesn't end with Abraham. He said it doesn't end with first century Rome. He says, as a matter of fact, it doesn't end at all. God's method of saving Abraham Hasn't changed. God's method of counting Abraham as righteous hasn't changed. It's the same method that God uses for you and I today. Abraham, right here in this story, he is placed in a situation where faith was the only method. Faith is, is the only possibility. Faith was the absolute only thing that can work. Today, you and I are placed in the exact same situation. Faith. Is the only thing that works. Abraham is faced with this human impossibility. So are we. We cannot be saved from human standards. Abraham is faced with a choice. So are we. You have a choice, heaven or hell, but it's our choice. Abraham had to decide, do do I trust what I can see or do I just trust God? So do we. Abraham had to believe the same way that we have to believe. We have to believe the same way that Abraham had to believe. God is no respecter of persons. So what's good for one is good for all. Romans chapter 10 says in verse number 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You say, but wait a minute, Abraham was before Christ. How can you say that he had to be saved by Christ? Well, in John chapter 9, Jesus is teaching the Pharisees, they're present as usual. Jesus says in verse number 56 of John chapter 8, I said chapter 9, but it's in chapter 8, that your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. The Jews said to him, Thou art not yet 50 years old hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. The salvation of God was the same in the Old Testament as it is in the New Testament. It is by faith in God, and it is by faith in God alone. Anybody watched last week? Y'all ain't forgot our word, have you? It is by faith in God alone. We look back to the finished work of Calvary. Abraham looked forward to the promise of God. He looked forward to the promise that was going to happen. We look back to the promise that it did happen. Was anybody there that day on Calvary? Abraham, by faith, looked forward that God made a promise and that God was able. We look backwards that God has made a promise and that God is able. We, we remember the words that Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. I think it was last week that I looked at the final words on the cross, it is finished. But, but in that day, it was a legal term that meant paid in full. No other payment is necessary. The account is satisfied in full. So we have the finished work of Calvary to show us that the price has been paid, but I'm going to give you something new. We have proof that the price was accepted by God in the resurrection. You ever thought about that? If you go to pay off a debt and you have the money and you want to pay them, but maybe you're a day late or whatever and there's something in the clause that they don't have to accept the money. You're trying to pay off the debt in full and they won't take the money, then you still owe the debt, don't you? If, if, If you're trying to make a payment and the one that you owe doesn't accept the payment, then when you walk out of there, you still owe the debt. So not only was it necessary that the payment be made, But it was necessary that the payment was enough. God said it is enough. God accepted the payment on the third day, resurrected his son, and brought him back home. So not only is is the debt paid in full, but the debt, the, the price that has been paid, was accepted by the Father. Therefore, by faith, the promise, righteousness is imputed to you and I. Just like it was to Abraham. Somebody ought to start getting excited somewhere along about now on a Wednesday night. Through faith and faith alone, we are justified. I don't know about y'all. Look at my life and and see how in the world can God see me as justified. makes no sense to me. How in the world can can God see me as holy? That makes no sense to me. How could God in any way identify me as righteous? That makes no sense to me. Except one word, faith. If God said it, then i just have to believe it. It was enough for God, and, and, and God did it. So it, it comes to faith and faith alone. By, by faith, by faith, we've been pardoned. By faith in God's promise, we, we have been justified. We, we have been acquitted of, of all past crimes, just, just as though none of them happened. Just like Abraham, the Bible says that we are now joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We, we are joint heirs in the kingdom. But just like Abraham was a friend of God, but that song says, I am a friend of God. Anybody excited about that? I am a friend of God. But it's by faith. It's not by faith plus works. It's not by faith plus merits. It is by faith and faith alone. Romans chapter 4 is one of the greatest chapters in that book that teaches you the subject of faith and faith alone. You cannot earn your salvation. You cannot earn your spot in heaven. You cannot earn your keep, nor can you earn staying saved. Next week, Lord willing, we'll get to chapter 5. Chapter 5 begins dealing with some eternal security issues, and and we're going to wait, and Lord willing, we'll get to that next week. But, you know, a lot of, well, actually most churches, denominations, they just call that some Baptist doctrine, once saved, always saved. Anybody ever heard of that? That's just that Baptist doctrine, once saved, always saved. Well, I got news for you. I didn't get it from a Baptist. I got it from the book. And I don't call it Baptist doctrine. I don't call it once saved, always saved. I call it the promise that God made to me that you can't take away. I call it the promise that God made to me that he won't ever revoke. I call it the promise that God made to me that is as sure as the one that he made to Abraham. If God made the promise, the promise is certain. And by faith, I'm never going to back off what I believe. So Lord willing, next next week, we'll we'll take a look at that. Hebrews chapter 7. The Bible's talking about Jesus. It says in verse number 24. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Y'all like that word? Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. There ain't nothing in this book that says God's going to take away the promise that he gave to me. Once we have received the promise through faith, the promise is ours for all of eternity. God, thank you so, so, so much, God. Thank you for this book. Thank you, God, for the more we study it, the more, or the more exciting it is. God, we we live in a day where you can turn on the news and in five minutes be sick to your stomach, seeing the garbage, the violence, and all that's there. And God, that little five minute clip is just a fraction of the wickedness that you can look down on this earth and see. God, I I can only imagine how awesome grace must be when you look at all the wickedness on this planet and that's why you sent Christ it, it's for us and all those for such for some of you it's all those that were lost in the worst condition doing the worst thing living the worst life in the worst way for while we were yet sinners Christ died for us God Lord, I can only imagine how sickening it must be for you to look down God, the more I realize how sickening it has to look, the more I understand how awesome grace is, God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving us, God. Lord, I pray you'd help us to be pleasing to you. Thank you for these tonight, Lord, that that are here in the house, God. I thank you for those on live stream, but God, it's good to have family at home. It's good to not be by myself in this building anymore, God. I pray you would help us and give us guidance and wisdom as we seek well, not to reopen the church, God, but, but to expand the teaching of your gospel that a dark world might see the light, God, that, that lost sinners might be saved, God. I pray you'd make us usable vessels, Father, to reach the lost in this, in this dying world. We love you, Father. You've been so good to us. We thank you and we praise you in the precious holy name of Jesus. Amen.